You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. Good morning, church. Good morning, church. Um, good morning, church. You should help me smile at the person next to you. Just try and smile. I didn't say, say anything, just smile. Let them be overawed by just the presence of your smile. Just, just smile. Okay. Let me ask them, how are you doing? How are you doing today? How are you doing today? Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. Hmm. Welcome everyone to church this morning. Uh, thank you for coming. It's your first time at LifePoint. Thank you so much for honoring our invitations or just letting God drag you here. Um, I'm going to try and go into God's word quickly. I'd like us to do a bit of praying after the message this morning. Um, I believe that we are at a special season as a church and as people. So I'm, I'm very careful and very sensitive about this service is what we come on Sunday and on Thursday. Um, we spent a bit of time praying this morning um, and that was, you know, it's quite refreshing. We will do that again next Sunday, so 9 o'clock to, to 10 o'clock, we'll pray in the spirit for an hour. And I ask you to please make our time um, to come. But if you would please hold the hand of the person next to you, and let's just pray um, for someone. Let's pray for someone. That's what family does. Because what happens is that oftentimes when we come to church and we sit next to someone, you don't know who you're sitting beside. And, you know, sometimes you think you know who the person is, but you don't know where they've been. You don't know how they're doing. And one of the things we can do is to extend fellowship and just to pray for them. And so I would like you to just squeeze that hand and just pray for the person. Pray over that life. I'll ask you to pray over that life as if you were praying over your life. I'll ask you to speak kind words over that life. Would you ask that God will be kind to your brother, to your sister, that the light of his countenance will come upon them? Would you ask that God will grant light instead of darkness, beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garments of praise instead of heaviness? Would you ask that God will break through on their behalf? Would you ask this morning for a miracle? Would you ask for help? over the life that you are holding. Would you declare shalom, nothing missing, nothing broken? Would you declare that it is well with them? Would you declare that it is well with them? Would you, if you could, would you fend off any attack of the devil over that life this morning? Would you declare that no weapon fashioned against them will prosper? Would you speak into their weak and declare that there is a divine mandate over that life, that all things will work together for good concerning my brother, all things will work together for good concerning my sister. She is the head and not the tail above and not beneath. Blessed in the field, blessed in the city. Would you declare an open heaven that when they step out, everything will cooperate to birth from the counsel and the will of our Father concerning this one. Would you declare that they will live and not die? Yes, would you declare that there are trees planted by the rivers of water that they bring forth their fruit in due season, their leaves do not wither. 
Our Father, we thank you. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Gospel Shire, a big amen. A huge amen. Let's put our hands together and let's celebrate God. I'd like us to celebrate this morning very specially our band, our instrumentalists, every single one of them. Thank you guys so much. Um, they put in quite a, a shift just to they, they, just to get it going and we thank God we really celebrate and appreciate you guys okay um, could we celebrate Jane that's such a beautiful God experience sometimes you just you see the people the color of people's hair and you don't know where, where they've been because Jane, Jane is the one Jane is the one I'm right she's always just got sometimes she just comes with blue hair you're like like how you know? but yeah we thank we thank we thank God for your life and God will he will finish that which he is doing in your life. He will bring it to that place. All right. Um, help me ask the person next to you, can you fly? <laughs> and if the person is from Ibadan or Benin, it's not an insult. It's a compliment. It's just, you're just asking, just ask them, can you fly? Can you? <laughs> All right. Uh, can you fly? If you ask that question where I am in Benin, things might go, what do you mean? <laughs> All right. But well, can you fly? Uh, so last week I mentioned how that we're going to be discussing the parable of the airplane. So Jesus will teach a lot um, of spiritual truth using um, current day phenomena. So he, he, if you look through scripture, it's full of, you know, um, Jesus making reference to things which were in their day. You know, and so he would say, you know, the kingdom of God is as a man planted a seed and they immediately were able to understand what he was talking about because there was a lot of agriculture and so I said you know why not be like Jesus you know and I think I did give background I think on Sunday how that this year I've had to travel a bit for work so you guys know that I work right you have a <laughs> I was gonna say I have a day job but this is I have another job okay <laughs> um, and so I have to travel a bit and I think um my daughter and I were doing the math, and I said I'd probably been on planes at almost 40 times this year. And leaving Abuja to Lagos one of those days, I remember how it struck me, how we take it for granted that this huge steel or metallic, you know, contraption, we all just file into it, you know. And we text our friends, I've boarded, you know, I'm about to take off, and depending on what class you are flying. You might even tweet about it or put it on Instagram casually. Just wanted you guys to know God is kind. I'm on business class. I just want to reach Lagos and come back. You know, I just, I'm not pride. I'm not enough pride. I just want to do just you to know so you can aspire, you know. Um, and, you know, so just on that person, I regret, I just, I was like, this is a miracle. This is a miracle. And that phrase, how do you get a heavy thing off the ground, you know, dropped in my heart. And I said, hey, look, you know, I could see, you know, God <laughs> put an idea in my heart. And what was ironic was how that when I then started to prepare for the message and the series, and, you know, my pastor would, you know, talk about what they were then talking about at the other churches, it was so similar. I was like, yes, this is God. Um, 
while we read today Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 31. Isaiah 40, 31 says, But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. We're going to talk about, and I tried my best not to, you know, uh, get all the technical detail about how planes fly. But there are very remarkable things about being in an airplane that uh, I would like to, to talk about and just associate them with the truth that I believe God wants us to know. Um, while I'm going to ask all these engineers that are in our church, can they just come? I, I want like three or four engineers. Uh, Tolu Adela, or you're an engineer. You're dressed like an engineer, come. Femi Agwade, Ini, you're all engineers, please come, come. So when we went to school, just come on, guys, hop. Yeah, while we were in school, we used to make planes with paper. Anybody remember that? Yeah, so I just want this wonderful engineers to make us, shoot, just make aeroplanes. I feel, I feel so good doing this. I don't know which of you has offended me, but here we go. Aeroplane. Aeroplane. <laughs> but we used to make aeroplanes when we were in school and then try and fly them. <laughs> so while <laughs> any come this way, they not copy you. Tolu <laughs> Adeloa, please. You went to Imperial College. Surely. Leave the Unilag students alone. Let them make <laughs> Go ahead. So while they make their planes, <laughs> oh come on, guys. <laughs> In the house of God. <laughs> <laughs> any progress, any, any luck? But the boy, you're building a house. <laughs> okay. So scripture says that those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. That they shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And aeroplanes... Airplanes weigh quite a bit. And it's a miracle to get them off the ground and in the air. And not just get them in the air, but then for them to fly over long distance in, you know, for hours. You know, some planes you would get on for six hours. You know, some 12 hours and over different, sometimes you're flying over water. Okay, we've got, we've got a Boeing <laughs> A concord. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Toulouse got a what's this? What's this? Toulouse? A fighter jet. <laughs> okay. Ah, oh, that doesn't look bad. Yeah. It's a glider. <laughs> okay. And Amy has got something. <laughs> 
the spiritual plane, okay? <laughs> All right. And this is good. This is good. So I started an, an Airbus, uh, uh, one of the, an A320, weighs 500, maximum takeoff weight is 544,310 kg. Boeing 747, 443,613 kg. So if you think you are overweight, you are not. If you think you were a lot, you're not. That's a lot to get off the ground. That's a lot to get off the ground. Can your plane fly, sir? <laughs> nah. Let's put our hands together. I think let's let's put our I, and there's a point to that. I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep this one. Thank you. Thank you. Go. No, no. <laughs> but let's put our hands together for our pilots. Uh our aeronautic engineers. So listen, we've got one plane. Uh, when I was preparing for the series, I thought maybe I would get like, you know, a, a small mini plane and all that, but I couldn't get one in time. I'll put it here. I'll refer to this later. But how do planes get off the ground? Is there anybody here who's ever flown a plane before? I mean, in real life, not like you were sleeping and... Um, so there are four forces. They will tell you there are four forces that act on a, upon an aircraft. There's lift, there's weight or gravity, there's drag, and there's something called trust. When I, when I teach this series today and over the next couple of you know, weeks, one conviction I have in my heart is that God will speak to different people about different things. I, I am clear today about what he's asked me to say. But I, because we're then talking in a parable, as it were, you would hear God talking to you sometimes in a fairly different manner from how he's talking to your neighbor. And sometimes it might sound a bit technical. Don't worry. We'll, we'll, we'll put it together. Now, so you've seen how planes fly before. Planes gain momentum at an astonishing pace and um, are then intelligently designed to use that speed to get off the ground. I mean, so you, you all know this, right? So does the plane world, they will, you, you don't, so when you get into the plane, you have to get into the plane. You get into the plane, they tell you to, you know, tie, put your seatbelt on. They ask you, they then make, do the safety instructions. <clears throat> and then they say, you know, put off your phones. And then for some of you, are still trying to text your, you know, this girl you just met, like, I will come back, don't worry, I will come back. I love you, I love you too. I love you more. You're just texting and saying, put, oh God, please put off your phone. You're a Christian, put it off. And you, <laughs> then you hide it and all that stuff. And then the plane gets on the runway. And then the plane begins to go very fast. Very, very fast. Planes lift when, get off the ground, fly. When the force of lift is greater than the force of gravity. And then because of something called trust, okay, which is just, it is, it is driven by the engines, the plane is able to move forward in flight. It sounds simple, 
But um, this is how the Holy Spirit has been talking at my heart. In every now and then in life, you're faced with a heavy thing. Every now and then in life, you're faced with something that seems greater than all the energy that you can think of. I mean, Jesus leaves the 11 disciples. I mean, Judas is gone with a heavy thing. He says to them, go preach the gospel in all the world, making disciples. You know, And it's easy for us when we think of that statement to think, oh yeah, we're just going to go and preach. But remember that that was before the internet. There was no internet. There was no email. There were no satellites. There was nothing that you could think of that could allow this 11 men who had gone through a fairly tough couple of weeks. I, there was nothing that could allow them think of how they would go around all. They had not even traveled all the world. Some of you who say go preach around the world, you're like, oh yes, I was born in Paris. I, I, my parents took me shopping in, in uh, Zimbabwe. But I, I've been around the world. I can, I can imagine. But God, Jesus, leaves them with everything. Oh, and, oh, by the way, he says to them, oh, and by the way, I'm going to head back to heaven while you guys are here. Like, but how? I mean, you know, <laughs> how, do you, how do you do that? I mean, God leaves Mary Jesus' mother with a heavy thing because he comes to her, sends an angel to her and says, hi, Mary. And, you know, she says, hi, God. And, you know, how do you greet in those days? He says, oh, I just came to say hello to you. Oh, by the way, you're about to give birth to the Savior of the world. Um, you know, call his name Jesus and all that. I'll see you around. I, you know, you're not going to have sex. You're just going to do it spiritually. <laughs> and Mary looks and says, look, um, Mary is very polite. Most of us will actually just insult the angel. And Mary says, how will this thing be? The angel says to her, look, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the highest will overshadow you. Moses, God calls him a heavy thing. Moses says, I have a criminal record. I have a problem with authorance. I can't speak. And you don't understand. They, I have a criminal record, not just a criminal record. They are looking for me. Even the Israelites who you say I should, they've told me that I'm a traitor. I wonder who has a heavy thing that they have to deal with. Because sometimes God leaves Femi, he leaves Nene, he leaves Yemeka, John, Nat, in the city of Lagos. He didn't leave them in New York. He left them in Lagos. 2017. And says to them, you are the light of the world, the salt of the earth. And sometimes we say, how can we even light up the world when we don't have light 24-7? How can we be Jesus in the midst of this traffic? How do we represent the kingdom of God in the midst of our struggles? How do we even light up the world 
when we sometimes feel so much heaviness within our hearts. I don't know who, when you think of the years to come, when you think of your dreams, it does seem a bit heavy. It does seem a bit heavy. And that's, that's where I sense God wants to remind us. You ask your neighbor, do you have a heavy thing? Do you, do you have a heavy thing? Do you, do you have a heavy thing? The plane gains speed, momentum at an astonishing pace. But then it's intelligently designed to use that speed to lift off. <laughs> okay, one thing that you know clearly comes out of me, and I hear God telling me, is about the fact that the plane does not fly with water. So it, the fuel that the plane flies with is not water. In fact, the way I put it in my notes was that for people who are going to do the things that God has called them to do, that you must first source the right type of fuel for your life. Water cannot power the engines of a plane. It's funny, but you know when you drive into a fuel station, right? Um, you can sometimes see where they put a sign, diesel. They put the price, kerosene. I don't think they sell kerosene in Lekki, but they sell kerosene in some places. Kerosene, put the price. And they put fuel. I don't know how many of you just drive to this, you know, just drive. To, ah, there's a queue here. So you're selling, okay? They say, yes, I'm selling kerosene. They say, it doesn't matter. Just fill it up. Fill it up. <laughs> but it's a car. I say, don't, don't worry. It's not liquid. Fill it up. Don't worry. How much, how much you want? So full tank. Full tank. <laughs> Even the attendant won't sell for you. And I realized that you know, it was so heavy in my heart this morning. But sometimes in life, we think that every kind of fuel is okay for what we are driving. It's interesting. A Boeing 747 uses, I think it's about one gallon of fuel, which is about four liters, every second. So I was doing the math. So every minute, it uses about, I think, about 240 liters. I don't know how much, how large is your foil tank? <laughs> huh? 50 liters. You're feeling proud. Okay? <laughs> but, so, I, my, my tank is slightly bigger than that. Uh, but, the, the Boeing 747 burns that foil that I use for a whole week. It burns it in a minute. And, you know, as I was preparing, I began to realize that oftentimes as Christians, that the one thing we ignore is the most powerful thing that God has given the church. He says to the disciples, <coughs> Acts chapter 1, he says, I've given you a heavy thing, I've given you a big thing. He says, but... You can't start this journey like that. I don't know if you've ever been delayed before. I, I mean, I've seen some, I've been delayed a bit on this, this year. 
on, you know, at several airports. Sometimes they just tell you there's no fuel in the plane. And you know the plane, no matter how many pilots they have, that plane's not moving without fuel. I don't know where you are. I don't know whether, because as a Christian, you can decide that you want to put kerosene. It's okay. I think if you put kerosene in a, in a car, the car will catch fire, right? I think so. Engineer. It will catch fire. Let's try it to your car later this night. Let's just, as an expert. But I think it will catch fire. In fact, I do remember that one time when I was younger, uh, before they started selling new cars and all those fancy stuff in our country, well, they always said, but before they were very, and I do tell you, you know, cars were like a big deal in our country at the time. Uh, and I remember an uncle of ours who was abroad sent a car to his son in Benin. That was a big deal. Long time ago. But I think that car is either a car was supposed to use diesel and we then put fuel petrol into it or it was supposed to use petrol. No, I think so. Diesel, I think it was. But anyway, we put the wrong fuel into it. And it just destroyed the engine. So in terms of the quality of the fuel that drives this life and the quantity of the fuel that you actually carry, I bring a reminder this morning. The Holy Spirit brings amazing resources into the lives of Christians. Jesus says, I will ask the Father, John 14 and verse 16. And he will give you another comfort. And the Amplified, this is another helper, another advocate, an intercessor, a counselor, a strengthener, a standby to be with you forever. And so in Ephesians chapter 5, Apostle Paul is talking to the church about fueling their plane. And it says, do not be filled with wine. Wherein it is excess. It says, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. So listen to my pastor. And he always reminds us, and, and you, know, you, you know that wine is, is good fuel, right? <laughs> and as my pastor said, I say, I know there are a couple of retired drinkers here. <laughs> No need to raise your hand. Keep your hand down. Okay. <laughs> but you know, I mean, I'm not just talking about just casual social drinking. No, no, no. I'm talking about professional drinkers. You, 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 you drank competitively, okay? With targets. Yeah, you monitored your variance. Ah, I didn't mix it today, you know? And um, you know that there's a place you get to as you interact with alcohol that you are fueled differently. You can just decide, ah, it's time to go, it's time to go, it's time to go. I'm going home, I'm going home. So that's your car. So I don't need a car today. <laughs> so this is good weather. This is good weather. <laughs> it's your friends that will be calling you, hold Femi, hold. Say, no, 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 I'm just going to, I'm going to take a walk. Femi, you live in Festac. Don't worry, it's not, not far. <laughs> then maybe, I, maybe like when you're in like Ted Melan Bridge, you know, 
the fuel wears out. <laughs> then you now realize, oh my God. <laughs> I mean, an alcohol we can talk about and laugh, but you all know that there are substances you can introduce into your existence as a person that fuel you up differently. Now, I have never taken, um, uh, I've not had the opportunity <laughs> to take um, weed. Huh? But Tolu? <laughs> I'm just asking, no, 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 I'm just asking, relax, relax. All things are passed away. But you know that once that fuel kicks in, it's as if your brain remembers all the things it wanted to do. What Paul says in Ephesians, totally is okay. This <laughs> is protesting vehemently. I stopped when I was 18. I stopped. I stopped. Um, but these planes are not going off the ground without the fuel they are designed to go off with. It was a reminder to us as Christians that A, to walk the Christian walk, to achieve the things that God has put in your heart and the things that you still do not even know that God has designed for you. That we cannot afford to ignore the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 2 says, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, that stuff began to happen. And I say, I, I like that translation because I say that meant that as they were gathered in the room, that the day of Pentecost was coming gradually. That there was perhaps, you know, one day that, you know, maybe Peter stood up and just started pacing. And he's like, Peter, what's happening? What? And just, I feel something. I don't know. I don't know. And then maybe he will bust out into a song. And after like 15 minutes, he will sit down. Maybe another day, John would just stand up and prophesy for a minute. But he would sit down. And it was, you know, it was, it, they, could, they knew something was, was coming. And the Bible says the day when it was fully come. Holy Ghost came into that place. As I prepared for this, I said, my God, this message is not funky. It's not... Uh. You know, God kept on reminding me, Matthew, I think it was Matthew or Mark 4, 14. It says, the farmer plants the word. My assignment in this season is to tell you what I believe is in God's heart. And I will try God helping me. And so I speak to a people who first must recognize the kind of well that is needed for the journey you are going on. And not just the type of relevance, but even the quantity that you need. You and I know that if I said to you, take my car, stick it to the toll gate and come back. You really don't want to worry about how much fuel is in it. Would you, but if I said to you, let's drive down to Kaduna and just pick something and come back. We do have to worry about how much fuel we're carrying. Help me ask the person next to you, are you carrying any fuel at all? You, you, if I help me ask the other person, what type of fuel, what type of fuel is it? Because for some people, you, you know that alcohol is your fuel. For some of us, fame is our fuel. For some people, just the compliments of other people is okay. 
what is it that is driving you? <laughs> and so when the Holy Ghost came upon them, the Bible says they began to speak with other tongues, among other things. And I said there's a concept of divine combustion. And so when we fellowship with the Holy Spirit, when we pray in tongues, okay, and we're going to explain that a bit more as the, as the weeks go by, it's not just a show-off. It's not just the... We're not, this is not just our version of that whole, what's that scree, pop, pop, pop song? What is that called? You know that song? Yeah, what's that song? You don't know the song. Or you're, you're not in town. What's happening? Man? <laughs> but you don't know that song. I, I became you know the song. <laughs> I didn't ask you about the title of the song. I said, what's the song? <laughs> but when we speak in tongues, it's not just that whole scree. That, that's, we're not just forming. No, 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 no. What happens is that we are actually participating in a divine conversation. In fact, it's the original man's not hot that we're talking to. The one who stood in the fire with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That's the one we're talking to. That's the one we're talking to. That's the one we're talking to. That's where they got that song. <laughs> That's the song they were singing in the fire. <laughs> We are outputting divine utterance. That's what we do when we speak in tongues. We're, we're not just playing. <laughs> Paul says when we speak in tongues, we speak mysteries to God. So Jude 20 says, But ye, beloved, build up yourself your most holy faith, pray to the Holy Ghost. I like it, 1 Corinthians 14. I think Paul says to them, says, I pray in tongues more than you all. John 7, Jesus says that he that believes in me, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living waters. <laughs> Get to the airport. They say, we have a beautiful plane. You have never flown in this plane before. Never. In fact, everybody fly in economy. Your seat will fold you flat. You know? This plane is the unique, it's never been, fantastic, where can we board? Say, we're coming. Is it, but there's no fuel. Say, but just come inside, Cha. Just come and lie down. <laughs> and I worry that sometimes we have Christians who have boarded a plane, but there's no fuel in it. And for the plane to gain momentum, those engines need to come on. Those engines need to come on. Your plane can take off without in-flight entertainment. Because sometimes people buy a ticket. We're going to London. Let's just enter the plane. Ha. Hey, this is a joke, you know. No TV. Six hours. What are we going to do? And they ask you, how much did you pay for your ticket? Relax, you know. Or whatever, you know. But if there's no fuel in it, and, and the fuel for the Christian life is that baptism of the Holy Spirit, the experiences we have with the Holy Spirit. Jesus reiterates this over and over and over and over again. So when we say 
We're going to pray before service one hour, speaking in tongues. It's not because we didn't have what to do. No. But it's because we realize that God is calling people to do impossible things. That he's calling us as a church to do big things. And the last thing you want to do is to try and do that in your own strength. So he would say to Zerubbabel, this is not by power, not by might. One of the things, I think we, second thing, I'll probably leave this one here for today, that we recognize from an aeroplane taking off is that its ability to translate speed into lift or flight by the way it is designed. Now, some of us like, some of you like fast cars, okay? You, you want to drive, uh, you're, you're married to a Ferrari, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> she's not in church, right? So keep it between us. All right. <laughs> but, but some of you like fast cars. I don't. I don't mind buying them. I'm not going to drive them out. I just, I'm slowly... The first ride I want is the one when they blow the trumpet, we all take off. Before that, I'm okay to just drive. But I'm not you know, that kind of person, normally. Um, but why does a Ferrari not fly? You see those race cars, the ones they show us on the F1, you know? Why? Why? Because no matter how fast those cars go, they are not designed to translate speed into lift. In fact, those speeds will sometimes threaten the structural integrity of the cars. Which is why some of you, I mean, I, I know one or two people here, I know your cars, that if you drive above 120, even your car will be warning you, Oga, <laughs> I mean, uh, IBK, I've seen your car. <laughs> That car can do 100. Anything more than that is tempting faith. Yeah? <laughs> you know? <laughs> no, God will do it. Don't worry. He'll, he'll bring it out. I used to have one. My wife and I used to have cars like that. It's okay. <laughs> because those cars are not designed to fly. If your car starts to fly, there is a problem. But the wings of a plane are spread out and they tell you that it's not just, so they didn't, oh, by the way, so this, yes, ah, thank you. So a plane will have wings on both sides, typically. I mean, they're propeller jets and all, but let's, let's focus on planes. And there is the way that as it moves faster through the air at such astonishing speed, there is a way that the winds actions over the wings cause it to lift. And during the week, in fact, that's one of the first things that was dropped in my heart, this intelligent design. And I said, look, okay, so God, what is it? How, you know, what is intelligent design? The Bible says that our God, Psalm 3, Psalm 3 verse 3 says, you, O Lord, are a shield for me, my glory, and the lifter up of and let me tell you how this has been explained to me. Is that 
the same way, and, and you do know, I mean, if you've done all the history of science and all, you know that there were so many attempts. So I don't know if you've ever seen the pictures of, I think it was the, the Wright brothers, right? Yeah, who designed, in fact, they would even put things that look like wings on themselves and just to understand how, and they tried to fly. They created all sorts of things. And sometimes to invent something new, you have to be willing to lose a lot. I think that, this is a bit of an aside, but I think that one of the challenges of us as, as black people is that we're, we're, we like our life too much. We don't like risks. Because we are the ones who, when you know, we look at those guys like, ha, he's playing with lion. He's playing with lion. Look at him, look at him. This, these people are crazy. It's too much food. They're crazy. Well, you know you do. You know you're just watching. Ah, they're climbing mountain. Why? What's wrong with this? <laughs> because they literally put their lives at risk. Because we, we're just, we're fine. We're okay. Spice of Ashwabi, let's dance. It's an insult to politicians. <laughs> Take a selfie. <sighs> but I digress. The way the plane is designed is so that that speed, because a plane, if you put the plane without the wings and it goes at that speed, it's just a speeding metal thing going fast. So God began to say that there are certain things that a Christian, a man, a person who is trying to lift a heavy thing will do that allows him to maximize the power of the Holy Spirit walking in and through their life. I found this interesting, you know, because immediately it came to mind the puzzle I sometimes have about people who are very spiritual but make no real motion in life. I, I don't know if you know anybody like that and you know, if the person is you, it's okay, it's fine. God's got your number. Because sometimes you know people who pray. You know that that guy can pray. You know his tongues are like Chinese and Portuguese with a bit of Yoruba. And you, you know that he can pray. When he takes the mic, everybody knows that he prayed. <laughs> Stop calling names. But one of the things, I just mentioned a couple of things here about this. So it was a posture, as it were, that the plane was not designed. Because then you say, oh, we just want to make it fashionable. Let the wings just face up. Two wings facing up straight to the sky. Very long. That thing is not flying. Intelligent design. And, and just the simple question, you know, is how is your life designed? So what posture am I taking in life? that allows me to live. And I'll tell you a couple of them that I found in Scripture. The Bible says, if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, will forgive their sin, will heal their land. God began to speak to me about humility of heart. In 1 Peter 5, 5, the Bible says, for God resists the proud, but it gives grace to the humble. 
since humbled yourself, therefore under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Could you ask the person next to you, are you proud? Uh, no, no, you have to ask them like a pastor. Help me ask them well. Are you proud? I know it might be something you've been wanting to tell them for a while. You know them in church. You see the way they carry their shoulder. It's just an opportunity. Just say, are you proud, my brother? Are you proud, my sister? And you know that pride is not, pride does not necessarily translate in how people's, how people carry. It's not just a stance thing. It's not the fact that the person looks you in the eye and tells you the truth all the time. That's not pride. Because one of the things I have found out over that period of time that points to pride the most is prayerlessness. And when a man can confidently go a whole week without prayer, that man is an institution. No reference to God. No acknowledgement of God. Ah, that's a big man though. That's a real big man. teasing myself, I said, have you noticed that the wings on the plane are so intelligently designed but maybe just because of the stage in life that I am at but how it reminds me of a little child whose hands are stretched out and asking a father to carry them. That is one of the most joy-giving things in life is having a young person say, carry me. And I carried my children until one day I said, guys, sorry, you're too heavy now. Each man to himself, you know. Intelligent design. You know, so, so <laughs> question. You know, began to say, I began to hear this question. So what is the proof of your trust in God? You, by yourself. What is the proof of your trust in God? Because sometimes you would find the Holy Spirit, you find people in the middle of a revival and nothing seems to change within or within their lives and around their circumstances. The Bible says that Jesus Christ, the anointing, set in place, walked in. But the Bible says he could do no great works there. It says because of unbelief. How is my thinking my talking, my lifestyle designed to reflect the fact that I am trusting in God. I mean, if what, what have I done, what am I doing that reflects the fact that my hands are outstretched for my father to lift me? Doesn't the Bible say in Psalm 3, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. All your ways acknowledge him. He will direct your path. I find that we must come to the place where we trust God with more than just words. Where it's more than just saying, I trust God. So in, when we look through God walking with his people, circumcision for example, was not a... You, you guys all know what circumcision is? I'm happy to describe it. <laughs> but circumcision was not play. For the person being circumcised, usually a baby, boy, 
or the person who was, except you are just a sadist. But he was, there was a design in their lives that showed that they had, desi- they had, they were ready to accept grace. Obedience is one of the first steps of trust. Abraham and Isaac, obedience, obedience. And you can't obey someone who you don't hear. Holy Spirit, help us. Okay, we'll we'll do this. We're actually there. And so, I believe that God is calling us as people, as a church, to postures. And and interestingly, I I said, I wanted to write out a list of things we could, you know, show that a life is intelligently designed to lift because, but I, and I could list some things. But, I, I felt that as we pray that God will begin to show you and say, look, come, I know you're, that you're with your 10 friends, but that for your life, for your assignment, for your heavy thing, this is the thing that you will do. This is the thing that you will not do. This is the path that you would walk. And because you would see in scripture, sometimes the baby is born, God says to the parents, hey, you will not cut his hair. He will not do this. He will not do that. What are you and God working out? Oh, by the way, I love the arguments about tithe. One day we'll talk about them. But but I believe that tithe is intelligent design. So, scripture we read says, those that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength, shall mount up with wings like an eagle, shall run, not fall, walk, not be weary. When you study how an eagle flies, it's interesting. They say birds sometimes will use warm rising currents of air to gain heights using very little energy to fly over long distances. Jesus says to, in Matthew 9, says, people do not take new wine and put it into old wineskins. He says, because what will happen is that the wineskin will break, the wine will be wasted. And sometimes we try to carry new wine in old wineskins and say that is grace. That's not grace. It's just sophisticated foolishness, but how does God want you to, I, I, you know, if I, I kept remembering Noah. The fact that for someone, there are wise choices that God is calling you to make even now that are reflective of God's will and reflective of the fact that you are forward thinking. For someone, maybe it's the fact that God is saying, leave a job and go to school. He says, because this job can pay your bills now, but you need more education for what I'm calling you to do. For someone, it's maybe just the fact that he's calling you 
to a particular routine or regimen. For someone like Noah, he's asking you to build something for which you cannot even see the need yet. Or someone is asking you to build a type of business and you're like, my God, what, what's this? As I close, I'll ask as a church that we do not underestimate the value of spiritual preparation. Fasting, praying, and as a church, as part of the Elevation Church, we'll start a fast tomorrow. The ushers will distribute later the prayer schedule for 10 days only. If you want more than that, you can, you can try. 10 days only. And, and that time when we just, we just say, look, God, I have a heavy thing that I need to get off the ground. I know the power of the Holy Spirit is available and I will engage. But I need to bring my heart to the place where I am submitted to you and to you only. Oh, by the way, I don't like fasting. I, don't, I know you meet some pastors who just, oh, man, I just, I've just been fasting for 21 days. The Lord is not saying I should stop. I says, oh, Lord, I want to do 40. That's not me. I don't, I, don't, I'm not, I don't like food like that, but I find that there are busy days at work when I'm just working and 6 o'clock, oh, man, I've not eaten anything. And then there I decide to fast by 12. Sometimes my body is shaking, like I'm having some convulsions. Like, so I don't like that tension. I just don't like all that. But I realize that there's intelligent design that allows me to engage, lift. So some of us, we've not fasted this year. I know it's your fasting. It's your fasting. But please fast. It's interesting, you know, I was telling myself how, oh, since we're in church and we're just talking, I don't like, you know, morning devotion. Morning devotion. Where you wake up, you read from daily bread or something, be shaking tambourine, singing chorus, waking your neighbors, waking people that are sleeping. Hey, Junior, wake up, you know. <laughs> you know, I, I'm a free spirit type person. I like just you know, wake up, first listen to podcasts, you know. I, I, can, I like praying in the car, but, but let me tell you what I realized was that while it was all very restrictive, I found that, that our fathers found intelligent design that allowed them engage grace. Now, I'm not saying you must do money devotion in that manner, but I'm saying that when, when you look at your life, this is about you and God, not just about what people see, is that you must make choices, decisions. You must say, I'm going this path. The consistent submission of my will to the leadership of God is one of the hallmarks of spiritual worship. I believe that's intelligent design. And God is fantastic because he does not create religious robots. So when you say, I give my life to God, this is fantastic, thank you. But every single day that you leave will ask you that question again. Who are you serving? So where we started from that scripture, it says, those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. 
They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I believe that God is calling people here. And as a church, he's calling us to get to a place where we take heavy things like a plane off the ground. Someone you have a business you've been wanting to start. Someone you have a project you've been wanting to start. Someone you have a life you've been wanting to start. It's time to pray in the spirit. In fact, when people come to me about things they want to start a business, I say to them, why don't you take a period of time, two days or two weeks or one week, why don't you spend 15 minutes each day, apart from your normal prayer, just praying in the spirit over that project. Someone, you have a home you want to start. You want to talk to Falake in the choir. You like the way she moves her head and when she sings her song, you're not sure if she's singing to God or to you. And there was a day she greeted you in a special way. Why don't you, before you buy her flowers, and buying her flowers is okay. It's expensive, but it's okay. Why don't you spend some time praying in the spirit? Uh, next week, uh, talk about, because when the plane takes off, we think, oh, that's a great miracle. Then the plane stays up for six hours while you're eating chicken and asking the air stewards to bring more, more drinks for you. So we're going to talk about how to stay up in a down world. That's going to be fun. But I really, really want to beg us as a people. This week, don't go to the filling station and buy kerosene. You are not that type of aircraft. Let me tell the person next to you, stop buying kerosene. And, and as they say that prophetically to you, you, you know exactly what it means. I begin tell the person next to you, stop buying kerosene. The Bible says, Idris, you finished your message. Let's go. The Bible says, uh, when we sow to the flesh, will of the flesh reap death. It says, but he who sows to the spirit, of the spirit reap life. I, 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 believe that this message is prophetic. <laughs> I believe that it's time to lift off. I believe it's time to go in. But I just believe that there is something that we must do collectively and as individuals where you just say, look, I'm going to go off and pray. It doesn't have to be one hour. It could be five hours. Hey, let's do this. Okay. This is how we're going to close the service today. Um, we're going to pray in the spirit for five minutes. And then I'm going to ask us to pray about specific things. I don't know what it is in your life that needs to lift off. But we're going to be asking God for a supply of the spirit. We're going to be asking God that we refuse, we refuse to just continue life normal like this. I, mean, I don't want to live another person's life I don't even want to live a popular life in that sense. I don't want to live a life that pleases other people. I want to live a life that pleases God. 
Moi, senior minister, Olade. You know you should be here by now. No? Come on. Let's pray this morning. If you can pray in the spirit, would you just pray gently in the spirit? If you don't pray in the spirit yet, oh, it's a fantastic time to just worship God and ask in faith for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But we will sing a song, we will pray in the spirit. I don't want that image to leave your heart. That image of a plane gaining momentum at high speed and because of intelligent design, lifting off the ground to astonishing heights. Father, you can sing when you want. your eyes if you can. Thank you for listening to a message from the LifePoint Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash LifePointNG.